0: Hey there, fantasy hotheads. Welcome back to the podcast that is somehow less dysfunctional than the Cleveland Brown locker room. I'm your host, Jimmy (laughs) Andehisi, and for some reason, I gotta deal with these dumb assholes while completely sober tonight. Those dumb assholes are the guy who just got done saying he's fat and happy, Mike Giannetti, uh, and the guy that we had to listen to have a five-minute rant about Brett Gardner, John Zagarello. Welcome back, fellas.
1: Brett Gardner stinks. (laughs) He's absolutely terrible. He has no place on this roster. If everybody wasn't hurt, he should be in Frickin' Scranton or up in the booth. He's terrible. Go Devils. Nobody get, nobody gives a shit about hockey, Mike.
0: <laughs> that's truly true.
1: And especially nobody gives a shit about the New Jersey Devils. You can't even sell out your, your own home games. Yeah, nobody
2: gives a shit about the Devils. Even Devils
1: is, fans don't give a shit about the Devils.
2: That is that is so five years ago, John. You needs some new material. <laughs>
1: It's not material. It's facts.
2: It's not facts, but okay, continue.
1: Okay, okay. Lowest home attendance in the league.
2: Yeah, that was 15 years ago. You should double check your math, buddy.
1: Uh, it's not math. I'm not adding. I'm just reading.
2: Yeah, you're not reading the right articles because that's not true. Why are we arguing about the New Jersey I, I, I don't podcast? because, I, I because no there are idea.
1: snowflake little bits that get sad when everybody talks about the shitty hockey team you like.
2: Well, my shitty hockey team was so shitty that they get to pick number one overall in the draft next June, so Yippee Kaye, motherfucker.
0: And that my friends is why he's fat and happy.
2: Enjoy number two.
0: Did not you pick number one two years ago?
2: Yeah. Where's that got, where's that gotten you? A really amazing center who's on his way up. Okay. He had some last season. We should start this over
0: again. This is horrible. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: You're You're right, Mike. They weren't last. They were 26th in the league.
2: This is terrible. Start over again.
1: And this was when you were in first place. This is from 2018 or 2018. Yeah. You're 26th in the league as a first place team. (sighs) Fucking, that is a dedicated fan base.
2: Yeah, that's so good. Let's go.
0: All right. Just when I thought we weren't going to have anything to talk about tonight.
1: There we go. Yeah.
0: Anyway. I was uh, thinking, since we just recorded four days ago and we're kind of in the dead zone of fantasy football, that it would be kind of a, a choir podcast, but then the fantasy gods reminded us that we have the Cleveland Browns. And I, I mean, I used the word dysfunctional. John, you disagreed about their, their locker dysfunction, but it, it, you know what, what is the real reality down there? Who are we seeing now with the Cleveland Browns? And why is there already turmoil before everyone's even touched the field?
1: So... The reason I disagree with your term of dysfunction, because dysfunction is what we're seeing coming out of Pittsburgh, like former Pittsburgh players, current Pittsburgh players. We'll get into that a bit. Like, I think that the Cleveland Browns, guys in that locker room, love each other. I just don't think they have anybody that can handle any type of negative criticism or adversity or anything. Like, you got some guys saying, oh, I don't think Odell wants to be traded to Cleveland, which I think everybody in NFL circles knows Odell, when, if, he, if he left New York, wanted to go to one place. And it wasn't Cleveland, it was L.A. You know, you got Baker Mayfield trying to fight – what's his name? Colin Cowherd. Again, this is like the third time since Mayfield's gone into the pre-draft process last year that he's had beef with Colin Cowherd. Now, Cowherd is a bit of a tough guy to get along with. He's very opinionated. He's got some very, very controversial takes. But, I mean, that's what he gets paid to do. I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know what you should do? Just kind of go along with it. Like, okay, yeah, this – Like, oh, why don't you come and see me, or why? Why why don't you? Why don't you come find out how tough I really am? Like, come on, nobody cares about that. Like,
2: Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless are two of the most—I don't know. Their their thoughts are just so fake and and completely baseless. Everything they say is for ratings, and it's so obvious. Which is, I agree with you.
1: I I agree with you with that about Skip Bayless, but I do think that Cowherd does have some good points that he makes. Yeah, he yeah, he's he's a guy that likes to like start a pop, but I do think he's got more insight into the things that he says than I think Bayless just says
2: stuff just to piss people off. I mean, wasn't it, uh, <clears throat> wasn't it uh wasn't it Cowherd who was starting all that um Russell Wilson to New York Giants nonsense? Um it might have been. I think it was. He was the one that, that came out and was like, you know what should happen.
1: But also since that's happened, a lot of stuff has come out saying that um you know, stuff on the peripheral of football, not even, like, football-related. You know, Russell Wilson's wife wanted to relocate her career to New York. You know, um, Russell Wilson saying, and he even did it, given a hard deadline of when he will, will be willing to negotiate a contract extension up to. And then after that date, he said, I will not be negotiating a contract. Now, can they franchise tag him? Yeah. But are you, gonna, are you willing to do that to your star quarterback?
2: He'll definitely never re-sign there if they ever franchise tag him.
1: Exactly. But I mean he's so close to the end if they franchise tag him, they could really just ride out the end of his career. With True. With with franchise tags and transition tags. It's pretty
2: pretty accurate.
1: But um go getting back to where Jimmy led us to, uh the Cleveland Brown situation, we've touched on this a bunch. We've pretty much put our feelings out there. Like there's a there's a lot of egos in that room. There's a lot of Alphas, there's a lot of guys that are used to being the guy, and now they're all sharing the positions, you know, and they're not spread across the board, you know. There's the the two top receivers, Landry and Odell. Yeah, they're great friends, but you know, money's involved. Friendships get messy when money's involved, and when somebody's targets are affecting another guy's targets, and it's affecting his pays or his pay for play, and it's affecting his bottom line. There's going to be some animosity there. You got Nick Chubb who. You know, he's a young guy in the league, and they bring in Kareem Hunt. Now, Kareem Hunt's not going to be a factor this season at all. I don't think until later in the season. So it might just be a guy to give Chubb some added life late in the season. But, I mean, why? That's like that's it, I, that's like a team that's like the Jets signing Le'Veon Bell and then bringing, bringing in um, Kareem Hunt. It just doesn't make sense to me. It There's a lot of guys. And then Baker Mayfield, I feel like he's more of a um, – I think he's got to get out of the college mindset. I think that's what it is. I think that's really what – Baker Mayfield, and I love the chip on his shoulder. Don't get me wrong. I love the chip on his shoulder. I love the guy that runs out to the center of the field and plants the, plants the flag in the, the opposing team's logo. But that's, that's college stuff, man. Could you see Tom Brady doing that? Could you, could you see Drew Brees doing that? Well, no. we
2: saw Terrell Owens do it when he was an eagle. <laughs> Run to the center of the star.
0: No, yeah, but is that, is that the kind he, of he uh, was, reputation you want?
1: He was a 49er when he did that. Was he a
2: 49er? I thought he was an eagle when he did that. <laughs> no, he was a
1: 49er when he yeah. did that. Sorry. He did it on the small star in the end zone when he was the eagle. I do remember that. Yeah. But, yeah, but like, like I said, like how – and what is – as great as Terrell Owens was, what's the first thing everybody says when you bring up Terrell Owens?
2: That he was a distraction or, uh, you know. He was a diva. A diva. Yep. Thank he, you. He, he was a me
0: guy. Mm-hmm.
2: Big diva. Yeah. Probably the biggest diva. I mean, honestly.
0: And the last thing you want is your, your me got to be a quarterback.
1: Yeah, absolutely right, Jimmy. That's that's where I was kind of leading that to.
2: Yeah.
1: But um, you know, and you, you brought this up. I mean, there's just there's all there's all this kind of stuff around the league like negative. I mean, this Antonio Brown situation just keeps getting weirder and weirder. The guy got what he wanted, he got paid, he got away from everybody that he hated, apparently. And now he's like like throwing shade at Juju Smith-Schuster.
0: How dare you? Yeah. How dare you speak badly about Juju?
1: Yeah. I I take personal offense to that. But he's just making himself look worse and worse. And then like the thing that pissed me off about this whole situation, him calling Juju out for that fumble in week 16. Yeah. That cost him the game against the Saints. Oh, you fumbled away the biggest game of the year? Antonio Brown, you didn't even show up to the last game of the year. You were too busy filming a singing and dancing show. You did not even show up for the last game of the year. So don't even put that shit on Juju. You, you saw fit to go film a TV show and not be there with your brothers. So don't say, oh, that one fumble in that game on a comeback, a game they were already losing, even could have come back and tied it. Still wouldn't, wouldn't have led to a win yet. But you didn't even show up for the last game of the season. So don't act like, don't act like you were this all high and mighty guy that was team first and you know everybody above me. No, you were <laughs> the exact opposite.
2: Yeah. It's I, I, it's been really incredible to see like the fall of Antonio Brown. Everything I always heard about Brown was that he was like the hardest worker, he would always show up first, he would, you know, practice longer than anybody and that's why he got as good as he did, but the, you know, the truth is like you see the way he's acting right now, you know, just petulant, you know, completely ridiculous. And I, I honestly like he couldn't have gone to a better team in my opinion. I, I mean for real. <laughs> Like you're you're just you know over there with the the misfit toys over there just you know they they didn't even have a home until two months ago so I mean just and you know take that guy enjoy it <laughs> I don't know it's it's really it's crazy to call out Juju like this and the the you know to think that Juju has done really nothing that really warrants it I mean what has he done you know maybe there's things behind the scenes that we don't know about I doubt it. Maybe. This
0: he's could he's be. been, I mean, he's very been possible.
2: I mean, who knows? You know?
1: I, I just don't see... I mean, and bringing up the, the DM from when Juju was at USC, you know, a kid going into the draft, DM and a current NFL star asking for advice, and then Antonio Brown puts that out there, like, that's going to make him make Juju look bad and make Antonio Brown look, like, see, this guy's been riding me since... Well, no, dude, that's something, like, you should take pride in that, that this kid thought to, like, hey, I'm I'm coming into the league, and I, you know, I wonder if you have any advice, because I like the way you do it. But, I mean, I always said this when um, Odell was with the Giants. Like, I would see the way Antonio Brown would act, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, if Odell did the kind of stuff that Antonio Brown's doing, the New York media would crucify him. Oh, yeah. Like, he got away with so much because he was up there in Pittsburgh, and... Like for as as popular as a team Pittsburgh is, I mean, it's not a media hub, you know, it kind of protect their own. And he was, you could see, he was just a bad teammate on the sideline. It was always yelling at somebody. It was always like me, me, me. Like, I don't know, man. I just, I think the double standard for Antonio Brown in this league is just incredible. And I think it's starting to come out that like how, how terrible of a teammate this guy probably, probably was.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a fall from grace since the the last few weeks of the season for Antonio Brown. In my opinion, you know. Yeah. So, and, uh, and another fall from grace situation, the uh another another kind of topic we hit on a lot last week, Rodgers, right? Uh he comes out, you know, now he's kind of refuting as much as possible this article that we uh talked about for our last episode. I mean, do you, are you buying it? Are you buying Rodgers right now? Um
1: Mike, why don't, you, why don't you lead off here? Because I, I have kind of mixed opinions on
2: this. You know, the way that he answered basically saying that, you know, Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings are just kind of taking it out, you know, taking out their shortened careers on him. I, I, the, those kind of comments to me, it just kind of – it makes it more realistic what some of the comments were in that article that he's, you know, kind of uh, self-centered and, and, a, and a tough teammate. Um, I know that he's you know he he definitely hasn't completely uh, you know agreed to all of this which is I I guess a good thing on the surface if if he was just like yeah it's my way or the highway and and I rule things and they shouldn't have done this they shouldn't have done that it would definitely be telling but honestly I I, I just kind of feel like that that article is not unrealistic I think that that that's probably the way it was I mean I hate to say it but like you look at the way Mike McCarthy coached that team uh the way that things have gone the last few seasons there's obviously some sort of dysfunction within that organization um you know and it's from the top down I mean you know you're not hearing about uh you know the the people that actually made the football decisions there I don't know if McCarthy had full operational control of players and drafting and all that stuff but if he had any kind of input on it, he was not doing a very good job of it the last few years. Very, uh, very limited the last couple of years. They they let the entire offensive line fall apart. Their defense just just completely in the trash. Um, especially when you had really good players uh, on that defense that just weren't being utilized properly. You know, bad coaching, bad players. It all compounds. So I, I mean, that's the real recipe: is is when you when you end up with a team. That's in turmoil. Things are going to come out. Dysfunction is going to be shown. Um, I think every team goes through that at one point or another. I mean, you know, to bring up uh, the New York Giants once again, they went through the the same kind of thing with McAdoo, Jerry Reese, all the way that they handled Eli's benching. Um, Every team, no matter how big, is going to have, you know, some kind of misstep or misstep miscommunication that's going to lead to just chaos. And I think that the Green Bay Packers are not exempt from that. You know, a very storied franchise that's just, you know, they, they've been going through some, uh, some tough times lately and somebody felt they needed to write an article about it. It was very entertaining for us, <laughs> given us something but, to talk about.
0: But my you know, thing is if Rodgers is your guy there, right, if he's yeah. truly your guy there and, and you know you're the owner, whoever's in charge of, of making the decisions around there, right? And mm-hmm. you, and you have your guy and you have this kind of animosity. Like if you let it carry on for eight years, 12 years, like whatever, how long they were playing together. Like, I mean, obviously, at some point in time, you got to let go way sooner than that.
2: He's obviously good enough that if that is the case that, you know, that he does rule the roost or, you know, whatever, that he's a problem. It, it's obviously not that big of a problem, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say, honestly, I just don't know if that's, I think it's the combination of both, you know, you're hearing, you're hearing one side of the story, his side of the story might be a little different. And again, you just don't know what, what gets talked about. Like if, if there's a weird communication where McCarthy is, you know, telling all the other players one thing, but he tells Aaron Rodgers something completely different, um, You know, then obviously it's not going to make sense to everyone else, and that's why you might be looking a certain way. I mean, who knows? I don't know what's been going on in those meeting rooms, but
0: uh, so, so, what's your take on this, then, John?
1: Well, I kind of like that he didn't really. You know, he made comments. We all we all saw the press conferences. He made comments. He didn't walk those comments back, saying, "I didn't." You know, I didn't say that. I didn't mean like that. He just said, you know. And he said something that I, I kind of respect him saying for. You know, I wish I would have kept that to myself. So he's saying, I believe that I meant to say that about the shitty play calling. But he's like, you know what? That wasn't the right place to vent that. I should have kept it to myself. With the stuff with former players, you know, he, he's right. What he, what he said, he's like, you know, have, has anybody talked about Greg Jennings or J. Michael Finley since they stopped playing until they started talking bad about me? Like they're disgruntled former players. I mean, you know, there's kind of some truth to that. But him even saying that the only reason that people are talking about it is because of him is kind of proving what they're saying. He's very self—he's very self-centered. He's—he's he's an egotistical guy, and it's kind of the attitude you want of a quarterback, as long as it stays on the wraps.
2: Yeah, that ego, man. You need to have that ego to be one of the best, and yeah. I've always felt that way. You know, when you look at the best of the best, they all have those big egos. So I, I have absolutely no problem with with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, and big he, of himself. He,
1: and, he, and he broke down the whole I undermine Mike McCarthy. And he's like, he, hey, man, that offense gave me a lot of latitude. He gave me a lot of latitude. You know, he would send in two, three, four different plays into the huddle. I would pick the one I wanted. When we'd go two-minute O, I'd run the offense. When we go no huddle, I'd run the offense. So, like, you know, for, for them to say he's undermining and calling his own plays, it kind of sounds like that's the way the offense was set up. So there, there's a lot of – I feel like a lot of that article was slanted one way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a situation like this, there's always two sides and then there's the truth. So I think we heard the one side. I think we're starting to hear the other side. And I think somewhere there's, in between these two stories, there's a mixture and somewhere in the mixture is the truth. So is Aaron Rodgers, you know, everybody's favorite player? No. Is Aaron Rodgers the worst teammate that's ever walked the face of the planet? Probably not. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I haven't been his teammate. But, I mean, there's enough guys that have come out and said, hey, man, I love playing Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, I love being on the team with him. I love being in the locker room. There's enough of those guys out there that have said that. I mean, there's the guys that have said the other things too. So, I mean, there's somewhere in the middle. I mean, hey, this is real life. People, not everybody right. gets along with everybody else. Yeah, people and, clash. It's and going the, to happen.
0: In the course of his career, he's going to play with hundreds of guys and against hundreds of guys. And former teammates are going to become new teammates. Yeah, people are going to hate each other. That's just, that's life. Yeah, sometimes I'm you not know, sure. I'd I like you too.
1: I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure Aaron Rodgers still holds it against Greg Jennings for dropping that ball in the NFC Championship game. Oh yeah, wide open for a touchdown, and and just he just runs the wrong route and doesn't ca- doesn't catch basically the game
0: winning touchdown. Hey, listen, Aaron Rodgers and Ty Montgomery might have been best friends last year, but the second Montgomery ran that ball out of the end zone. He was he was on his way out the damn door. dude.
2: What a valid point <laughs> that is. I remember on the podcast yeah. I said it. Aaron Rodgers signed his trade slip, like
0: right. yeah, before before they even left the field that day. He was, his days, his days were numbered. The, so the we, one we,
1: thing, the one thing from the article that I kind of um, took a little like notice on that we didn't really touch on was the fact that before they signed Lafleur as the new head coach, the GM went to Aaron Rodgers and told him he needed to. Basically, chill the fuck out. You know, give this guy a chance. You know, let let him come in and let him do his thing. I thought that was weird that a GM had to say that to his star quarterback. Yeah. But – and Rodgers made a great point too. He's like, hey, man. He's like, if I hated Mike McCarthy so much, like, me doing my job and winning only helps him look better. Like, you know, the one thing that we both want to do is the one thing that makes us both look better. So why – like, you know, it's just – it, it doesn't make sense for me to not want him to succeed.
0: So. So you, you both said that you like the kind of chip on the shoulder that Aaron Rodgers has, but I, I kind of sounded like, we don't like the chip on the shoulder that Mayfield has. So like, what, like what's the difference?
1: I said, I like the chip on uh, Baker's shoulder. I just don't need all the college antics anymore. I don't need you, you know, I don't need my quarterback joining in in end zone dances, and I don't need my quarterback. I don't need the college quarterback. I need an NFL quarterback. I think I need to see that step up from Baker. Like I said, I like the chip, I like the abilities, I like the, the the athletic ability. I just don't like some of the stuff that comes with Baker Mayfield. You know, all right, buddy, you were cut. You were a walk on, and you got cut. You were the number one pick in the NFL draft. Like it's it's not really it's time to really put that. <laughs> You know, I'm an underdog thing away. You, you don't get more of, you know, a favorite than being the number one pick in the NFL draft. And it wasn't like you were the only quarterback in that draft. There was six quarterbacks in that draft. Right. Five of them could have gone number one. You went number one. So I, I, I'm over the underdog thing. You know, it's just I think that might be what it is. I think okay, you've played it for all it's worth. It's got you where it's going. Maybe that's what you need to get motivated. But if that's what you need to get motivated to win NFL games, then there's a whole other issue that we need to talk about. <laughs> And with Aaron Rodgers, I like Aaron Rodgers' competitiveness. I like the fact that he isn't afraid to put somebody in their place on the field when they screw up. Do I like some of the times when he shows people up excessively? No. Do I think most of it is necessary? Yeah, I don't think he goes over the line that much. But at the same time, there are those times where he oversteps. Like that post-game conference where he said the play covering was unimaginative and basically garbage. Yeah, I think that should have been kept in-house. You know, but... And he's even said said as much
0: yeah and if you've seen any of it at the sidelines man you, you know that there's been times that he just been pissed he's and very just, I think the way he's he plays.
2: very transparent even yep. after the play is over if he if he throws up the ball and and uh, the receiver's running any kind of wrong route or doesn't make the catch it's very very apparent on his face directly after that he's not happy he's unpleased he's usually barking orders at somebody I've seen him call out offensive linemen. I've seen him call out running backs for missing blocks. I mean, it's a pretty common thing to see Aaron Rodgers kind of, uh, you know, coaching, so to speak.
0: (laughs) He's he's the coach on the field. I mean, in
2: most cases, I mean, that's what we always said about Peyton Manning was that he was basically the offensive coordinator that that was behind center. You know, Uh, he did it all. He was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, okay, well, so Mayfield was number one last year. Rodgers had a, a real long time to make his pick when they thought he would go sooner and we're roughly two weeks away from this draft. So, By the
1: way, the the, the Rodgers slide, they're talking about Dwayne Haskins might be looking at something similar, which would be crazy to me. This was a guy they were talking about maybe being the first quarterback off the board now they're talking about him sliding towards the back end of the first round. So what's the take? I, that's the thing. Like all you hear is these guys saying, yeah, you know what We're, he, we've moved them off our board, but nobody's really saying why I wonder if there's something, if there might be an off the field issue. I mean, this is all speculation on my point. I don't, I don't know anything. I just know what I've been reading. I know what I've been seeing in these, um, in these interviews and in these uh, mock drafts is that Haskins has slid from the shore fire, not making it past six to, Hey, maybe the giants get him at 17 or maybe, you know, one of these teams that needs a quarterback gets them, like, mid-20s.
2: You know, yeah. it's, it's getting closer right. to draft time, so you have to wonder if if a lot of the stuff that we had a couple of weeks ago might have been, uh, you know, public misinformation smoke, misinformation. No. Uh, oh,
1: this might be misinformation, too. This might be guys, like, trying to prevent pe- people from trading up to get them ahead of that's
2: them. That's probably more accurate uh, than, the, you know, than the former. I think that it makes a lot of sense now to, you know, okay, you kind of – by this point, most teams should know who they're targeting especially in the the top five picks. So I would imagine that that's exactly what they want to do. I mean, like right now, the big rumor is that Kyler Murray is dropping and Drew Locke is rising. And what that means, I I couldn't tell you. But I mean, if if Kyler Murray is dropping, I mean, it's one of those things where if Kyler Murray doesn't go at one to Arizona, I really wouldn't be that surprised if he didn't go until, you know, eight or nine. I mean, in our own mock draft, John, you had him go into Jacksonville at uh, number seven yeah you know which which makes total sense to me i just i don't think that he's valuable enough to any other team before that even to you know to the giants i just don't think that they're they're going to be interested i don't think the giants would be interested in a quarterback at all uh, at at number 6 but that's just a different story um but the you know the rumors I, I, I don't know it's it's a weird situation it's it's basically like if kingsbury wants him he can get him but i mean he probably won't be able to get him You know, if he doesn't pick him at one, he probably won't be able to get him later. So who knows what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, there's kind of – they're kind of talking about the Cardinals maybe trying to move out of one, pick up a little more draft equity. You know, one of the things I've heard is that they're trying to get the Giants on the phone to move the one and take the Giants' six and 17 picks. Uh, If that happened, that would be stupid because the Giants aren't one player away from – competing there a lot so those multiple first round picks are what they need
2: i mean based on what i was just saying if kingsbury really does want kyler murray i mean that would be the first thing i would do is try and trade out of the one you know why not try and trade down maybe the jets really like bosa that much that they might be willing to move up from three to three to one you know what i mean and yeah you know take whatever you can get if you take kyler murray at three not only are you getting the guy that you would have taken at number one anyway But you're saving a little bit of money by not drafting him number one overall.
1: I think the Jets are in a good spot. I think the Jets want Josh Allen. I think the Jets are going to get Josh Allen.
2: Yeah. And
1: I don't think the Jets need to move or do anything to get Josh Allen. Right. I agree with you Because I I think Murray goes one. I think Bosa goes two. And I think Josh Allen goes three to the Jets.
0: So what's that mean for Rosen, though?
1: Rosen is going to be traded. They're not going to do this dual quarterback thing. They're not going to.
0: No
2: way.
1: So I think that Rosen is a draft day trade. I think they hold on. The, the, Rosen might make it into day two on the Cardinals. You know, I can see it, it really depends on the way round one goes for a couple of these teams. Uh, you know, I mean. Wow. If you if do they, that, you're not going to get shit for him. Yeah, but they're not going to get shit for him now no. either, and, obvi- like,
2: and it's obvious that they're not getting shit for him. I mean, I just don't know if I believe the whole they've been offered as high as a number two, uh, like a second round pick. I, I don't even know if I believe that. I'll be honest.
1: Well, they put they put that out there that the Giants offered them the second round pick, and then the Giants quickly shot that down. Like, hey, we have not offered the second
2: round pick. I <laughs> mean, it would make sense to try and put out the misinformation that okay, I have people offering me a two, so that another team will call up and be like,
1: "Yeah, I saw, I saw a." Um... Trade scenario today that I, I don't like it, but it kind of intrigued me a little bit. The um, Giants trade Sterling Shepard to New England. Mm-hmm. Get there, New England se- to get New England's second round pick. Mm-hmm. They then package a second round pick and a later pick to Arizona for Rosen. Right. So I mean I don't like them getting rid of Shepard. I think Shepard's going to do well in this offense. I think Shepard's going to do well with a better quarterback. But, I mean, it kind of intrigued me, like the Giants being able to get another second-round pick, keep their second-round pick early in the round, and then trade one for Rosen. So they're still giving a second-round pick, which it's the Patriots, so it's essentially a third-round pick. Mm
0: -hmm. But, yeah, but he wants some stability in that wide receiver core. And you just got rid of Odell. Yeah. You know, ship out Sterling too, and then you're left with Golden Tate. And if you can get yourself like like Metcalf or something in the first round, Metcalf
1: or Harry or you know, uh, I had I saw a mock draft today. Them taking Paris Campbell in the second round. Mm-hmm. They went, um, I think they went edge rusher, linebacker, Paris Campbell, and then one of those uh, bigger project go- uh, tackles, uh, McGarry or uh, Titus Howard.
2: I'm actually. So, but, I'm. I've been paying more attention to the wide receivers in this draft now, and I'm starting to get more excited about other guys. Um, Oklahoma's Marquise Brown, they call him Hollywood. I guess that's the kid that Baker Mayfield was throwing to all those years. He, he's he's pretty freaking good. <laughs> so he's a little guy, but um, I, I like his speed and I like his moves on the field. So uh,
1: yeah, but you know, then that brings into effect that if they take him, then Sterling Shepherd's almost automatically gone right same, posi- same, same position same position
2: right exactly
1: and say what you want about golden tate golden tate's a slot receiver too
2: pretty much so he's an after the, he's it, a yak guy he's a big yard after the catch guy so
1: if if the giants are going to take a wide receiver that early it's got to be howard or, or not howard it's got to be harry or um aj brown i think
2: AJ Brown, Harry, uh, I think Akeem Butler would would fit that. Akeem Butler, yeah. He's he's big and and fast, uh, you know, runs deep routes. I like him.
1: Well, I have a feeling that the wide receivers, they started off not being ranked as high in this draft, but I feel like they're going to be the guys – I think the wide receiver position in the draft is going to be the guys that move up the board faster because I think somebody jumps the gun early on DK Metcalf.
2: And that causes a chain reaction.
1: And, you know, you see see it in our fantasy drafts. Start to run. Yeah. You know, you, you're like, oh, I'm not gonna take a quarterback yet. You know, you pick, and then there's 24 picks so you pick, and then next thing you know, somebody's like, oh shit, I'm gonna take Baker Mayfield, and then before you 24 picks later, before you pick eight quarterbacks have come off the board, you know, some the run starts a pick too late for you to get in on, and then you're the you're the last guy that gets gets what you need. Right. I think I think that's what's I think we might see that with the wide receivers on day one of the draft. May. Because a lot of these guys are projecting round two, I think four of them go round one. I I think they're going to jump. A bunch of them are going to jump up into round one.
0: That's possible. I would I wouldn't be surprised if we see that with the quarterbacks though too. I mean, there's two or three guys that two or three teams that could move up into that the top ten if they really you know we we kind of blasted this quarterback uh, crew, but some some teams just really need a quarterback.
2: Miami. Miami needs one Miami, desperately. Miami, yeah, uh, they they have no choice. They have. Um,
0: Otherwise, as far as
2: desperately need
1: terrible. a quarterback, I think Miami's in the worst shape. I think Cincinnati needs one, bad, but not not like I desperately mean, like Miami does. The Giants, the the Jaguars don't really need one now. I think they got foals for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that being said, if Kyler Murray falls in them at seven, I think they absolutely, absolutely take Kyler Murray. Um, Denver, Denver definitely needs a quarterback. Yep. Uh, Redskins, obviously Flacco, Redskins, yeah, because Case Keenum's not the answer. No, he's There's not a... the future. Alex,
2: I mean <laughs> the, Alex Smith the is Reds... probably done. The Redskins in Miami are definitely the worst to me. I think even even though the Bengals, yes, they do need another quarterback, but I mean Dalton is serviceable for now. I mean he'll he'll get you through another season or two if he has to. You know, it's and I honestly I don't think it was his fault that they really. Uh, went down the rabbit hole last year. They took a bunch of injuries. Their defense got bad at the end of the season. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't draft a quarterback. I think they need they need to make a change. That that whole organization just needs wholesale change. And yeah, they didn't do it.
1: No, um, <laughs>
2: it's something I say every year.
1: Yeah, it's you know they're the new Browns. Like they're they're kind of the picture of ineptitude. The Browns have made all the right moves the last couple of years. The Bengals have made all the wrong moves. Um, So right now, by our count, we have the Giants, uh, Denver, uh, not Green Bay, um, Cincinnati, Washington, and Miami. That's five teams that desperately need quarterbacks.
2: desperately, but need quarterback. Jacksonville, Jacksonville doesn't
1: need a quarterback right
2: now. They don't need to have a quarterback. I mean, if I was Jacksonville, the only way I'd take quarterback is if, like, the very first quarterback falls to me in that spot. Even then yeah. even then I might think about it. You can yeah. wait till next year and probably get a guy just All right, so just as good.
1: We got five guys that you can picture taking a quarterback in the first round. So who are the five quarterbacks though? You got Haskins, Murray, Locke. All right. So you got three guys and then everybody's kind of different camps on guys like Daniel Jones, um what's the other kid's name? Will Greer. Yep. Um the kid Jackson, the kid from Buffalo, Jackson, he's basically, he's like a less refined version of Cam Newton. He's a big linebacker playing quarterback with a cannon for an arm, but he's really raw. Yeah,
2: 250 um,
1: pounds. Tyree, Tyree Jackson, yeah. Um,
2: but he's also slated to be like a seventh round pick, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, exactly. He's like the sixth quarterback a, and he's like a, he's like a day three pick.
0: That's incredible. You, you, your Ryan run is Finley, your first maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, like so. The, the three guys that are draftable in the first round are Haskins, Locke, and Murray. And then you can make an argument for Daniel Jones, but if this was a better quarterback class, Daniel Jones would be a guy that we're talking about day two, like late day two, early day three. Really- so I don't know. I just don't see guys spending the kind of draft equity and, and draft capital you have to, have to spend to move up in the draft to draft these guys, especially when there's so many other playmakers available. That will go where you where you're picking.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of which, I was going to say was uh, read an article today. That the the, the uh, new head coach the Detroit Lions was saying the same thing. There's a lot of other playmakers uh, in this draft. They want you know they're looking to move out. So that's a spot right there. Pick what they're drafting, but that's a spot right there that the Lions pick. The Lions, pick, the Lions take, pick eight. Yeah, they get, the Dolphins could easily move up or take another spot. And, yeah, but know.
1: see, the Dolphins – my thing with the Dolphins is for them to move up, they have to spend a pick from next year. And they're not going to compete this year. All they would be doing to move up is basically jeopardizing the future of the franchise. If, because they, they're getting if, rid-
2: if they trade a first-round pick next year, they could potentially be giving up Herbert to, a, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. I, next year's be is such quarterback a bad move.
1: You, you got the kid from Georgia, Frome. You got Herbert, who probably would have been the number one quarterback off the board this year. You got Tua, who I'm not a big fan of left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL, but, I mean, he is a winner. I don't know how much of a pro-style quarterback he is coming out of that Bama offense. Not really sold on Tua like a lot of people are. Um, But, I mean, right there, all three of those guys would be number one over any of the guys in the draft this year. So, you you take what you want there. Miami, like the Giants, they're not one player away. So, I think jeopardizing next year's draft pick, to move up and get a quarterback you might not be in love with this year is a bad move when you can start to build that team up. You, you sign Fitzpatrick. You're going to start him. You're going to get the Fitz magic. You're going to get a little bit of play out of him. Oh, catch the ball.
0: <laughs> I love when you watch the I east games, man. It's great. Um, Yeah, I just
1: – I don't know. I think that Miami would be best suited staying where they're at. If a guy like Locke falls to them or a guy like Haskin falls to them at 13, then you take them. I don't move up to get them. I don't jeopardize my draft equity for the, for, for any of the guys this year. If they come to me, that's great. If not, then I'm perfectly fine taking a guy like Ed Oliver or, you know, building up the line, taking a guy like Diller. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't think that trading up for a quarterback is – if you want to trade up and draft like a Montez Sweat, you want to trade up and draft like a, a guy like uh, Devin Bush. Yeah, or Devin White.
2: Devin yeah, White, the linebacker. Yeah. Oh, baby.
1: Yeah, Devin White and Devin Bush, both
2: linebackers. Devin White is good. So, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I just don't – I mean, is somebody going to do it? Yeah, somebody's clearly going to move up and take one of these quarterbacks, but I just don't think it's a smart move.
0: Uh, any other big groupers?
1: Any other big groupers? We going fishing? <laughs> um no I haven't really been hearing anything. I there's teams talking about moving. Like, you know, but the trend I'm starting to see in this draft is teams want to move back. Yeah. You know, they think there's enough talent in this draft where they can set up for later in the they could set up for later in the, in, in the draft and for next year, you know, get themselves multiple picks next year in the first round.
2: Makes total sense. I mean, to be honest with you, I've noticed that trend happening a lot in my dynasty leagues, you know, because the because the offensive talent is just not there this year. I see a lot of people trying to trade their their picks for this year for current talent, you know, current players. And or loading up for, you know, next year's draft when there could be potentially a lot more out there. Um, it's a pretty smart move. We'll, we'll see how much movement there actually will be and if it'll be possible uh, to move back with everybody wanting to do the same thing. So we'll see. I, I still think there's going to be movement in that top ten somehow. I mean, the the way that these guys, the GMs, the way that they've just kind of turned it into the Wild West and they start trading with each other like crazy. I mean, the, the NFL trade deadline this year was was – Crazier than I've ever seen it, and I, I don't know what's fueling that.
1: And you know what else? I think these guys value draft picks more than they drive, value free agents anymore. I think. I think.
2: Well, honestly, I mean,
1: being able to control the salary is more important to them.
2: Yeah. than going
1: out and making that big splash for the most
2: but part. But the track record of of you know, I mean, hitting on the draft picks is much better in the NFL than it is in any of the other sports. I mean, I'm sorry, but like a, a first round pick in uh, baseball or in in hockey is just I mean it's not a guarantee I don't unless it's a top five pick it's not a guarantee where as in football most first round picks um, you know unless you're a Jerry Reese draft pick I mean you know not <laughs> bad right.
0: the uh, other interesting news this week or last week was the last week the AAF which I had to look that up. <laughs> it was like the Allied American Football League or something.
1: Alliance of American Football or American Alliance Football. I don't who cares. Sure. They're gone.
0: Yeah, they're gone. They are gone.
1: They are no longer there.
0: But uh, that's not, I guess it's, that's semi-interesting. I mean, it sucks for a lot of guys that that thought that was going to be their uh, their their way in or their their you know they kind of promoting that as the league that could potentially be the feeder league for the NFL. Uh, obviously, that's not happening. Guys thinking that uh, they're going to go to uh go to work tomorrow, go to practice, and then, and then, no, they're not. How would they get notify, Like Twitter? Pretty
1: yeah, fine. guys, guys showing up to the field and just the league. being not being notified as they pull into the parking lot that they they ceased operation. You know, it's kind of classless, but you had to see it coming. These leagues never work. No, never. You know, you know they they rush to the table to try to beat the XFL's return. You know they weren't ready. They didn't like. I think that uh, it was like two or two of the two of the teams didn't even have places to play until like days before their first game. They're talking about maybe having to play at like a, a high school stadium for one of them.
2: Right.
0: You
1: know, which if it's in Texas, that's fine because the high school stadiums are bigger than some. Uh, <laughs> they're bigger than one of uh, <laughs> <trying to laughs> the. Lights, you know? baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. But I mean, yeah, you know, these leagues never work. the The true feeder league for the NFL is college football. This is just another reason why they need to, you know. Take that endorsement money that these colleges get for their uniforms and all this money that they get from boosters and start dispersing amongst the amongst the players. College athletes need to start getting paid. It's, you know, and here's the thing. College athletes start getting paid. They stay in college longer. They don't think they have to jump as early. So the college football product gets better. You have these guys that are, you know, borderline draft picks that are leaving because they maybe they have a good combine and they make it. Well, now they stay in another year. They get more refined, and then they, then they do make it in the NFL.
0: So it's sure, – I, I think that – I was going to say, John, I, I've always been that artist. I, I, did, I did not see this coming, by the way. No, you taking us down this path. But I've always said the same thing. You have, you have students that can teach other students they get a stipend. Right? If I'm a TA that teaches classes, I get my tuition paid for. I get $20,000 a year. I get, I get money on the side of, of this. Now I'm a, an athlete, and that doesn't apply.
1: Yeah, well, they do get their college paid for for the, for, for the most part, these guys do. But uh, again, I
0: but they're not getting a stipend.
1: There, I was reading an article, of one of these kids in the NCAA tournament, and I don't know if this is true. I, I read an article on Bleacher Report about it. Apparently, Bleacher Report is, you know, the TMZ of sports now. But um, <laughs> this uh, one of these kids on one of these college basketball teams is getting married, and he had a registry set up, and people were buying him gifts. And the NCA contacted him and told him to shut down the registry because it's illegal gifts. But the kids getting married, man. Like <laughs>
2: he had his own registry.
1: Yeah. Back wow. back back the fuck off. Like you're you're they're so quick to put somebody their hands in somebody else's pocket, but when it when it comes time for them to open up the books or them to, you know, take care of their guys, they they don't do it. I mean, these kids yeah, they're basically working two full time jobs as a student and as a, and as an athlete. And I get some of these. Most of these kids don't go to class, and they have people doing like whatever. They allegedly have people taking their tests for them. <laughs> but like, like, what was it? They, they who said it? I didn't. I didn't go to college to play. I don't get paid to play student when I leave college. Right? Who was it? Um, the the quarterback from Ohio State a couple years ago. Uh, Twelve gays, I can't remember his name, but he's like yeah. He's like. I'm not, I'm not going to college to learn how to play student when I graduate. I'm going to college to play football to play in the NFL. So, like, he's right. Pay me to come to your school or make my classes optional. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if this kid carries a 1.1 GPA or a 4.0. If he's throwing 55 touchdowns a year for my, the team I like in college, I'm fine with it. I don't care if these kids gra- like, graduate. Nobody does. And that's the thing. Like, they should be getting paid while they're there.
0: And to your point, the reason that these the AAFs and all these other leagues fail is it's just too brutal a sport. I can't get my ass kicked for, for three, four years in college. Most of these kids probably playing since they were six. And then, you know, turn around and be like, well, I'll play three years here for like $1,000 a week. And then, you know, maybe the NFL will pick you up. Like, that's, well, yeah. We, that's fly. And, we want you,
1: and we want you to come to practice five days a week. We want you to travel for games. And yeah, you're going to get $2,000 a week for the 10 weeks that we're in season. And then, you know, you have to go back to work at another job, but you can't work while you're practicing. You can't work while you're playing. So you're basically working part-time at home Depot or Walmart or something like that. What do you get? minimum wage. You're you're not going to survive. It's I I don't know, man. I, 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 I've always been firmly in the pay the college athletes camp. And then you get the, people, well, what about the women's basketball team? They get paid too. Yeah, they get paid too. But you get paid based on you your program gets paid based on the revenue it brings to the university. Exactly. So, the men's water polo team isn't going to get paid as much as the men's football team. You know, it's not going to happen. Like nobody's coming to see men's water polo, nobody's <laughs> buying men's water polo caps and going sitting out at the community pool like Hey, did you see that goal that the forward from Ohio state scored yesterday? Wow. He was underwater for 13 seconds and popped up and bang. No, (laughs) a shit.
2: you know, honestly, the, the, the one place that I go to, to really catch all the real about this is, uh, like real sports on, on HBO. They do such an amazing job of exposing a lot of this. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the way that, um, seeing the way that, that, football pro that schools are using their football programs to be a revenue generator but then not using it correctly you know what i mean is is what's really disappointing so it's it's like a double-edged sword not only are the players not getting paid for what they're producing but then the schools go even further and don't use the money the proper way
1: you nick know? saban may, has made enough money at alabama to buy himself his own private island
2: i mean and... john do you know who the in do you know who the highest paid state employees are in almost every state of this country?
1: It's it's and definitely the, coaches. Co- the college football coaches.
2: college football coaches. Uh, you, it's unbelievable when you actually go and take a look. Like Alabama, Alabama's highest paid state employee is Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Like it's it's unreal, you know. But uh, I mean the way that they the way that the, the the colleges, the universities take this money, and the way that they spend it is—is is, you know, like I said, it, that's what makes it so much worse that they're not giving the players any benefit because they're not allowed to. Like, uh, and like who knows AJ if Green. They would, I don't know.
1: AJ Green a couple years back was suspended by the NCAA for selling a game worn jersey. Right, right. But they can sell number eighteen jerseys at the concession stands all day and take all that profit and put it back and take it and use it for whatever they want to use it for. So they can make money off that number 18 jersey because A.J. Green wears it, but A.J. Green can't make money off it. It's so hypocritical. The, the, the biggest example of this for me, besides the Ohio State kids all getting busted for trading their game-worn gear to get tattoos, which is dumb, at least get money for it, <laughs> is Maurice Claret. This kid was an amazing freshman running back. He challenged the NFL to come out for the draft early. He ended up losing. And this kid's life ended up coming off the rails, man. If he, if he was getting paid, he would have no problem staying in college a couple more years. Right. Come out as the number one overall pick. And who knows how different that kid's story is. He's, he doesn't get arrested. I guarantee he doesn't get arrested as a doing 120 on a highway, drunk off his ass with a car loaded up with guns. Well, maybe he does, but <laughs> still, it's, a, it's a completely different scenario for him. Like if, the, if he's getting paid, he stays at Ohio State for at least another year.
2: I mean it's it's rough. It's or, a rough it's a rough situation or, to tell kids Or you make
1: it a one and done. You make it a one and done like the like college basketball. Right. You have to go to co- college for one year.
2: You know, it's it's a rough state, you know what I mean like you these 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 are kids. We're talking about kids. I mean when they get into college they're what? 19, 18 years old. You know.
1: Some some are 17. Some kids are as I young mean, as
2: 17. It's just it's really rough. To to tell these guys and and who quite frankly let's just be real about it they're not they're not going to these colleges for their academic prowess they're going because they can play football they can play ball so
1: yeah like that, that that's what I said they're not they're not going there and a lot of these kids I'm not saying this to be insensitive but a lot of these kids come from the inner city yeah a lot of these kids come from places where they had to like really fight and scrape for everything they have and their only goal is to get to the league and make real money. Right, and you know if they gotta you know if it's between a couple different schools and somebody wants to slide them a couple thousand dollars under the table to come to their school why are we gonna begrudge them that like they only have you know I know they only have so long to use the one commodity that they have and that's their bodies and I'm not you know it's like you you only have you're only this peak athlete for so many years it's not it's not a uh, an asset that lasts.
0: Yeah, and Especially you're one you're away from being. Especially done. in
1: football, these guys, these guys, yeah, exactly. You're one misstep. Like, look at uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore, yeah, the running back from South Carolina, was clearly the best player in college football. Has one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever have ever seen in my life. He goes from like the number one overall pick, probably, to he gets drafted, but he never really turns into anything. And in two years. After after coming back from the injury in two years, his career is over. Yep, you know, like literally, he went from the next can't miss guy to you know just an afterthought. Just,
2: and, and you, think about the money involved in that in that injury. You know, think about the money that that kid. Is and this was before these guys get.
1: were taking out these big insurance policies. Before they were able to take out insurance policies on injury. Right. You know now 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 that you see these guys taking out like million dollar insurance policy if an injury causes them to fall like. 20 spots in the draft or something like that, they get paid. But it's ridiculous that that's what they have to rely on to make any kind of money. I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't see it as fair. And to a certain extent, it's the same thing that's going on in the NFL. Roger Goodell is making more money than any one of these guys. And he's, you know, he's less impactful to the league than the backup tackle on, in the practice squad for most of these teams. Like it's just,
0: I think he's hugely impactful in the league. Oh, he's dragging yeah, it down the yeah. wrong way.
1: Yeah, in, in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. You know, he—he's just the NCAA needs to do something about this. They never will because it takes money out of their pockets. They won't be able to give their their governing body these nice fat raises every year. You know, these guys are making millions of dollars, and meanwhile, these kids are, you know sitting out taking 20-30 cheeseburgers from the dining hall because they can't even get somebody can't even buy a mistake dinner after they have a good game it's ridiculous
0: it's all very true dude yeah
1: I wasn't expecting to go there
0: tonight no <laughs> man I was like totally thrown off and I was gonna well one thing I was gonna throw at you was uh, you see the uh, you know cause we were talking about the AAF and, and I guess that's where is that where Manzo was oh mm. uh, yeah who There's came no out? Who way. came out that By the way, he, he's no longer Johnny. He's he's John Manziel. So mm-hmm. you know he's he's all grown up now, and I I guess and you know wants to wants a new life in the NFL.
1: Well, you know what I would say that everybody deserves a second chance, but he's had second, third chances. He squandered them. He's not as bad as Josh Gordon, in my opinion, but he's right there. This kid is not somebody that had to grow up and fight for everything, everything he's ever gotten. He's been handed You know, he comes from Texas oil money. Yeah. It's, he wants to coach what organization in their right mind would put any kind of player in his care, a guy that proved he can't even take care of himself. He can't do it when it means everything for him. He's going to have some other kid do it. No, no way. Like broadcasting maybe, but was Johnny Manziel ever an and nodes guy? Or is he just kind of a run around and make something happen with my athleticism and, you know, screw the playbook?
2: Right. Yeah. What think does he he'd, really, he'd be what better does he off. Really
1: have to, yeah. What does he really have to offer to a broadcast?
2: He'd be better off trying to get on reality TV, one of them celebrity rehab shows or whatever. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, because, honestly, I don't think I would bring him in even as a, as a lower tier, you know, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't bring him as a quarterback coach. Why? Why would I do that?
1: Well, you can, you can't bring him as a quarterback coach. He's got a terrible throwing motion. He's not a good
2: quarterback. Exactly. That's my point. It just it's it makes no sense. So, I mean, good luck. I, you know, what I mean, uh, I don't think it's going to happen for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him kind of do some of the Sports Center kind of shows. I mean, he might be all right, but you're right. He's, he's just they're just bringing him on for comedy relief more than anything else. As far as I'm concerned. He'll, he'll
1: probably he'll end up going to College Game Day for ESPN. he will probably be good with that. I mean, College Game Day. He he knows the college game, right? yeah. Heisman Trophy winner. No, yeah. Tebow did it. Jesus, Tebow was terrible. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I just I don't really have patience for guys that have that opportunity and they squander that. They, they, they've been able to do something that so few people can do, but so many people want to do, and to throw it away like that. I just have no sympathy for them, especially a guy with that coming from his means to get to where he got like you know
0: I never appreciated it
1: yeah i feel like everything he felt like he was do everything and it's just i don't know like people try to draw comparisons from him to baker mayfield and i think that's very unfair to baker mayfield like a lot of the cockiness is the same but in completely different ways like baker mayfield I feel like is a guy that is uber focused and wants to do, do these things. I think Baker Mayfield needs to really focus on different things. Though. I think Baker Mayfield needs to quiet the noise around them.
0: Cut out the shenanigans.
1: Cut, cut all the <laughs> shit out. Silence the haters. Just ignore them and go be great because I think he can. But if he's, if he's still listening to everything that Colin Coward says about him, if he's still listening to everything that, like, Reading everything that writers and people on Twitter's tweet about Twitter tweet about him, like that's just taken away from who you can be. I just don't see the need for him to do that. Johnny Manziel, on the other hand, he was just, he just was always a screw up. And I'm he sorry, was... I know that's harsh, but I mean, all the opportunities you have, all you care about is going and doing drugs and getting drunk. Like yeah. enough, dude. This is this isn't freaking Friday Night Lights. This isn't you know. The post-game party in Texas where you won the big game. No, it was the NFL, and you blew it. You blew yeah. your chance.
0: The sad part is, like, all you got to do is play six, seven years, make millions of dollars, and you can spend the rest of your life getting drunk. Like, <laughs> you, you literally did this backwards. Yeah. You know, like, well, anyway, I mean, Mayfield's already had more good games than, than Manziel ever had. Yeah. So, and, it,
1: Like, I, as an NFL team, I don't think you bring him in because he's too close to being able to play still. Right. So y- you don't want that kind of, well, I can do it in the room,
0: you know? Well, it's actually more of a, no, you, no, you couldn't. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, <laughs> there wouldn't be any respect. Know...
2: There's no respect yeah, for yeah. a guy like Johnny Manziel if you're a football player. There won't be. I mean, how could you? And if you have no respect for the coach, you're not going to listen to what he has to say. If you yeah, don't you listen to what things... he has to say, then you're not going to learn from him. So it's, it makes, there's, no, there's no point.
1: No, there really isn't. You're absolutely right. And it just, it just, like I said, it aggravates me. Guys like him. And Josh Gordon is even more infuriating because of where he came from and what he had to do. And to blow it all, like he's done, is just, it's it just, uh, it's just infuriating. Like, there, do you know how many people, were so close, but just couldn't get over that last hump that would cut off their leg to be able to get the opportunities and the chance and second chance and third chance that that guy got and just
2: blew. It's just a waste of, a waste of talent. You know, the way that he, he, if he was to stay clean, if he wasn't on drugs, what could he have been? You know, could he have been that Jerry Rice level player? Yeah. I don't know, man. It just,
1: like I said, I, I just, Though I feel bad for them? Kind of, but not really. It's just you, you did this to yourself. So.
0: All right, man. That sounds like the final word there, Johnny.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you <laughs> well, did it to go, yourself. You did it yourself. <laughs> all right, fellas. That's all we got for you tonight. That's, uh, as always, we're the hotheads, and uh, we'll catch you next time.